you praise spirit of the living God we invite you to take your rightful place in our midst for your word declares that unto you shall the gathering of the people be and so this morning we have gathered oh God from all the different works of life oh God even to Mount Zion the city of our God to behold your glory we thank you Lord we hallow you Lord we bless your name just worship him somebody just worship him just keep worshiping just keep worshiping just keep worshiping just keep worshiping Thank you, Lord. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you to this place. Come and be the Lord and the master of this assembly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Oh, if you are clapping, please clap properly. We are clapping unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter number 19. Can I have a bit of volume in my monitors? I can't hear myself at all. Can you hear me? All right. Luke chapter 19, verse number 28 to 41. We are rehearsing the Palm Sunday story, if you like. Traditionally, I don't do um, traditions, if you like. <laughs> but today, I believe that God wants us to visit the mysteries on the road to Calvary. The mysteries. Someone say the mysteries on the road to Calvary. Hallelujah. When he had said this, he went ahead going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he, had, when he drew nigh to Bethage and Bethany at the mount called Olivet that he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you. Where as you enter, you will find a cult tied on which no one has ever sat. Lose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you losing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. And as they were losing the cult, the owners of it said, why are you losing the cult? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Hallelujah. Then they brought him to Jesus and they drew, they threw their own clothes on the cult and they set Jesus on it. And he went and as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. 
Then as he was now drawing near to the descent of Mount Olives, he, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said, I tell you that if this should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. We are going to rehearse the story and look at the mysteries of on the road to Calvary. When we say the road to Calvary, what we mean is the road to the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate price that was paid for you, your sins and my sins. Hallelujah. In, but to, to really go through this and understand it, let's, we have to visit um, Genesis chapter 3. The Bible says that the serpent was more subtle than any other beast. And uh, the, the serpent came and said to the woman, has God commanded you not to eat of any of these fruits here? And he, she said, no, the Lord says that we can eat of any fruit and every fruit, but the one in the midst of the garden, no man shall eat. You shall not touch it, lest you die. And uh, the serpent said to, to the woman, God knows that in the day you eat of this fruit, you shall be like him. That is why he says, don't eat it. Don't mind him. And the Bible says that, and when the woman saw that the, that fruit was good, good to look at, one desiring to make one wise, she took it and ate it and gave it to her foolish husband who also ate. And with that, the age-old problem that we have suffered with up to this point came. Sin, disobedience came. And as we know, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So once sin has been committed, then the price of sin has to be paid. Are you with me? God does not wish for anyone to die. God said to Eve and Abraham, sorry, Adam, that in the day that you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. Why? Because in the day that you eat of this fruit, you shall commit the cardinal, the most cardinal sin, the sin of disobedience. Hallelujah. And with that sin of disobedience comes death. And the death year is not when you are no longer breathing, but this death year is the separation between God himself and man. Hallelujah. So with that separation, there was no longer any reconciliation. But the Bible says that, and God commended his love towards us in that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
For John chapter 3 verse 16 says that, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to do that purchase of the price that sin has cost. And he said that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the, this world to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. The world through him might be what? Saved. And, and so when God thought about us and his greatest love for us, and he saw that we have been separated by sin, he had to pay the ultimate price, and the price was life. Life for life. Somebody say life for life. The life that was taken away by sin because of disobedience had to be repaid for us to be reconnected to God. Hallelujah. So God sent his only son to come into the world, and he was the one to pay with his life so that we are going to be reconciled to our father. Hallelujah. But this reconciliation, he says that he who believes in him shall not be condemned. Verse 18 says that he who believes in him shall not be condemned, but he who does not believe is already condemned. Hallelujah. Because he does not believe in the work of the cross. Hallelujah. So, like Pastor Gloria said, this is the last week that he knows he's going to pay the ultimate price. I just read a, a story about a former head of state of a country who was about to be, uh, to be uh, killed by firing squad. And uh, a priest was called to pay, read the last rites for this particular person. And the man, the priest was recounting the conversation that, ha that he had before the execution. And he said he took his ring and gave the ring to the priest that, please hand this ring to my wife. Then as they were talking, he changed his mind that don't hand the ring to my wife. Keep it. I don't know the story that is behind that story, but but as I was reading this particular story, I remembered this road to Calvary. It is not easy to know that you are walking to your death. It is not easy to know that this is the final the final lap or this is the final <laughs> you know <laughs> this is the final countdown and you only have the final couple of days and as you are going all these things that you are seeing are you are going to see them no more. Human beings, as we are, we are designed in a way that we don't want to die. How many understand what I'm saying? We don't want to die. Even the ones 
who say we believe in God and we believe in heaven and everything and we want to make heaven and all that, we still do not want to die because we want to live. Hallelujah. And, and so, Jesus is come to the final lap to pay the price for the people. And these are the same people that he knows are working to crucify him. These are the same people he knows are plotting against him. And yet his love is so wide and so vast that he says that in spite of all that they are doing to me, I am still ready to pay the price. Oh, what great love the father has. Hallelujah. And you see, the story of, the, of Easter or the story of the Calvary Road is the same story you and I will have to pay. The price is the same. Amen. Walking on the road called Calvary, you and I will walk on that road. And that is why Jesus said that if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So I am not the only one who is going to walk on the road. I am not the only one who is going to have to go through this punishment. You and I will have to follow him on the same road called Calvary. Hallelujah. As we walk on the road, I hope you see yourself. The first person we see, I don't know whether you saw him when we read the story, was the cult tide. The first time, the, the, the story starts that somebody had tied it. And then, as the story went on, he said, lose him and let him go. It and him are two different things. I don't know whether you saw it in the scripture. The first one was it. Then the next one was what? Him and let him go. And then it goes on, the story goes on to say, and they brought him to Jesus. Not it. I mean, I haven't done much English, but I know that when you do, is it pronouns? Pronouns, we give pronouns to living things. We have it, isn't it? It for animals and him, her for human beings. When did it and him mixed? I don't know whether you saw it. If anyone asks you why you are losing it, can you see it? Thus you shall say to him, the Lord has need of it. All right, go on. And then they said, the Lord has need of what? Him. It and him. You know, I, I remember one, one day we were driving on the road and we saw a random horse tied, on, uh, tied in a park by itself. And I don't know whether any of you remember, those who were with me, that particular horse looked very, very miserable. That horse looked uncared for. That horse looked unkept. 
Because, you see, the horse that goes to the Grand National, they groom it every day. They give it the best hay. They give it the best food. They give it the best of all treatments because that particular horse is very, very useful. But the horse that is tied randomly in a random pack without other um, uh, donkeys or other horses being around it, that horse is neglected. I don't know whether I, you can see the picture I'm trying to paint. That particular horse is neglected. That particular horse is not loved. That particular horse has issues. And you see, life is such that some issues will tie you. Will tie you to a post. Some issues will make you not want to move on again. Some issues are such that you don't want to take the next step. Because the issues, and you see, those type of issues, they are internal issues. You can't discuss it with anybody. Hallelujah. There are some issues that are from within. And how many know that? Can you take the picture off so the people stop laughing? Listen, 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 listen. Can you, do you know that the problems that are inside are more complex and difficult to solve than the problems that are outside? I don't know what, what issues you go through, but there are some issues that will keep you awake all night. And you can't discuss with anybody. There are some issues that will keep you paralyzed. And you can't speak to anybody about it. Because even when you try to explain it to somebody, they will not understand. Those issues, they they, they halt you. They tie you to a pillar. You know, sometimes the horse or the donkey is stronger than the pillar that is tied to. But that thing inside makes you think that you cannot move. The greatest prison you can put anybody in is the prison of their mind. Hallelujah. And that mind is within you. Sometimes what was said to you as a child has imprisoned you. Amen. Jesus said, the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I'm come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Now, you see, that life is abundant. But the thief comes to steal that life. And sometimes he steals the life from the very, very beginning when you're a child. The things that were said to you, they tie you. The experiences you went through ties you. The the, the people that have come your way tie you. You had a guy. A certain guy you loved so much. And this guy came into your life. He was nice at the beginning. You put all your heart and soul into this guy. All your money went into this guy. You invested greatly into this particular guy. And the guy becomes abusive. 
and begins to beat you. But you see, that beating is not as painful as the beating of your confidence within. Because if it was only the physical beating, you can deal with it. But when that, phys- that emotional uh, torture, emotional abuse, that beating, you are no good. No man will love you. You are even fortunate that I've, se- I've, I've decided to love you. Without me, you are nothing. You are not going to be anything. All those things, they tie you down. They make you become like this cult. Tied to a plastic chair. A horse tied to a plastic chair. 1,000 plastic chairs will not be able to hold that particular horse. But just one chair and you are tied. One guy, one experience ties you. But beloved, I came to tell you that the Lord has need of you. Oh, I don't think you heard what I said. I said, I don't think you heard what I said. It doesn't matter what has tied you to a chair. It doesn't matter what has tied you in life. God still has need of you. The Lord still has need of you. You are not the experience you have gone through. You are not your past. You are not even your present. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you are going through. Beloved, I came to tell you that God has need of you. God hasn't finished with you yet. He hasn't even begun with you. That cult was tied. Abused. I am sure kids will kick it as they are walking. If there were kids around who were like me, when I was growing up, I used to like, you know, those uh, knockouts. We had, we had sheep in a pen. When it's knockout time, I'll get a knockout and I'll put it in the pen of the sheep. So as it's going, then you see them jumping all over the pen. It's great entertainment for us. How many know what I'm talking about? You, don't know, you didn't do it, but you know somebody who did it. Me, I did it. It's me. <laughs> So I am sure kids around have done things like this to this particular court. This court looked abandoned. It looked unloved. But Jesus said, go and when you enter the city, listen, Jesus is not around the place. He says that when you go to uh, Kekstor Road, Jesus is here. When you go to Kekstone Road, which is like half a mile down the road, when you turn right, you will see a cord tied by its neck there. Untie it. And when anyone asks you, why are you, where are you taking this uh, cord to? Tell him that the master has need of it. Two things I want you to see there. Number one, Jesus knew about the cord. And Jesus knew what had happened to the cult. And Jesus knew where to find the cult. I came to tell you that God knows you. He knows where you are. He knows where you have been. He knows what you have gone through. And he still has need of you. 
The second thing I want you to see is that as you are tied there, somebody's investment is vested in your tying there. Somebody's invested in you being tied. I don't know whether you uh, whether the English came out right or not. But somebody's happy that life is not going on well for you. I said somebody's happy that things are not working well for you. Maybe you think that everything's all right. You have been a good person all this while and nobody should have any evil thoughts about you. But somebody somewhere has a mind to see you tied to that particular chair for a long time. And so when, when the disciples came and they were removing the, 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 the untying the, 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 the cult, they said, why are you losing in it? Leave it there. We don't have any use for it, but we want it there. Because do you think that if they had any use for this particular cult, nobody would have sat on it? Obviously, if they had use for it, they would have used it. Because we know that donkeys in those days were the uh, ca- bedding carriers. They were the cars of their day. So, if, can you see a car that has been parked? Nobody has sat in. You think about it. The modern day uh, equivalent of a donkey is a car. And this car has been parked years. How many know that when you park a car for years, rain will beat it? The color will fade. The, I don't care how brilliant the color is. After a while, the shine of the car will go. The tires will go flat. Things will not be right with that car, even though nobody has ever used the car before. Hallelujah. But yet still, someone say yes still. Yet still, Jesus said, I have need of it. There were thousands and millions of donkeys in the region in Jesus' day. But over 2,000 years later, which donkey am I talking about? I am talking about the Thai donkey. Which means that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. But time and chance will happen to every one of us. And when your time comes, nothing can tie you down. I say, when your time comes, nothing can tie you down. No chain can tie you down. When your time comes, the master will call you. And when he calls you, you'll be loose. If the son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. And I came to tell you that the master has need of you. Oh, I don't know whether you heard what I said. I said, I came to tell you that the master has need of you. And it doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter what you have been used for. It doesn't matter who has abused you. I came to tell you that the master has need of you. And he sent me to come and lose you and let you go. Oh, I don't think you heard what I said. I said, Jesus has sent me to come and lose you and let you go. Hallelujah. Nothing can hold you down. Nothing can hold you down. And see, the first victory on the road to Calvary is the victory of this donkey.
In other words, the first victory on the road to Calvary is unloosening of our burdens. This donkey is not an it, it's a him. And if it's a him, it means he has a name. And if he has a name, it means he has a personality. If he has a personality, it means he has a family. If he has a family, then it means he has, it belongs to a clan. Sometimes you being tired is holding back a whole family. Sometimes you being tired hold back the whole clan. If God will release you and you will be free, you will draw many to him. Many will be set free. Many will be set loose. Many will be set at liberty. And Satan knows, knowing that will tie you. See, Satan is, has been around for a very long time. So he knows potential. And that is why he sees a baby. Baby Moses is lying in a basket. And he passes a decree. Kill every baby. Because he wants to eliminate baby Moses. Baby Jesus is lying in a manger somewhere and he passes a decree. Kill all children, all babies under two years old. Why? Because he can see potential. So I came to tell, suggest to you that the problems you have gone through and you are going through and you have been through, it could it be the, a reason, it could it be something that is because of what you can become and what God can use you for and the potential you have. That is why the enemy has tied you. Tied you to drugs. You can't shake off drugs. Tied you to certain addictions that you can't shake. And it has kept you. And internally it is eating you up. It's weakened you. Kept you in the same spot for many years. Nobody has sat on you. You are useful to nobody. When they are counting, they don't count you. When they are choosing... You are not one of their choices. When Grand National time came and they are looking for the best horses to go and compete in the Grand National, they, they imported uh, horses from Israel, horses from America, from Australia. And you were just tied in the pack across the road and nobody came for you because you are not even one even your owner didn't think about you. Hallelujah. Yet still, God has need of you. Touch your neighbor and tell them God has need of you. Oh, tell them, tell them, look at them in the face and tell them God has need of you. And so they, they lose this cult. See, another thing that I want you to look at, this is a side thing, is that when you read the account in uh, Matthew, it says that there was a donkey tied with a cult. The same account in Matthew says that there was a donkey tied with a cult. So a cult is the baby of a donkey. Do you understand what I'm saying? What, what, is, what that means is that God always has an alternative. In, in, in Luke chapter 5, 
The Bible starts, verse 1, it says that Jesus was walking along the road and, and um, he saw two boats parked. And uh, fishermen were washing their nets. And he, sitting in one of the boats, says to, which was Simon, he says, I trust it a little that I may sit in and preach. Two boats, he sits in one, and he doesn't sit in the other. Listen, one of the mysteries of the road of Calvary is that you are an alternative. Or there is an alternative. In other words, if you don't allow yourself to be used by God, God will use somebody else. Hallelujah. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If if you don't allow yourself to sink, God will use somebody else. You don't allow yourself to, to speak the word of God to somebody on the road. God will use somebody else. Mr. Donkey, in spite of all the problems you have been through, the master has need of you and is about to unloose or untie you and you say you won't go and you are kicking the people who are trying to uh, release you. He will leave you and go for the other one. How many know that God has never used anyone and let them go without blessing them? I've been old. I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for bread. And know that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. So on the road, there are alternatives. Hallelujah. Today, this particular donkey has broken all records. There's no donkey. I don't care. Add horses and add camels. There's no donkey or camel that has more name than this particular donkey. Over 2,000 years and counting, we are still talking about this donkey. All the winners of Grand National have come and gone. We don't remember their names. Even the one, the one who won yesterday, I don't know. I don't remember the name. How many remember the name? I want to see how many gamblers I have in the church. <laughs> that was a trick question and you all passed. <laughs> clap, clap for yourselves. <laughs> Hallelujah. I pray for all of us. That when he calls, we will go. When he sends, we will go. Hallelujah. It's a privilege to be used by God. It is not our rights. Hallelujah. I say it's a privilege to be used by God. It is not our rights. Amen. So, my prayer for all of us is that we have that mind that will allow him to use us. Amen. So, can you imagine Jesus sits on this donkey and people are praising and thanking God. They are giving Jesus funds as he's walking 
on the road to Calvary. And the Pharisees come and say, that stop them from shouting. Because what they are doing is an abomination. And Jesus says that even if these guys keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Now, they are praising Jesus. But how many know they are also praising the donkey? Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said they are praising Jesus. But how many know that they are praising the donkey as well? Jesus is sitting on the donkey. People are throwing palm branches and they are throwing roses and they are throwing daffodils and they are throwing all these nice things upon Jesus. But how many know that the donkey is also collecting the fans? The donkey is also being hyped as he's, he's, he's walking majestically. He said that you thought you had tied me. You thought I would become nobody. Now look at me here. All the other donkeys are at home. All the other donkeys cannot come. Even the one that won Grand National will not be used like I am being used today. Whatever they are throwing at Jesus, they are throwing on the donkey as well. The Bible says, when they brought the donkey, they threw their clothes on it. Put nice garment on the donkey. So the donkey was also collecting as much fans as Jesus was collecting. As much adulations as Jesus was collecting, this donkey, in spite of what he has been through, in spite of what he, he, he has gone through in his life, he was also collecting the same fans. I see you collecting the same fans. I see, I see you collecting the same fans. Hallelujah. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, we lift up your name. We exalt it. Who was walking on the, on the clothes? It wasn't Jesus. So, so put, 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 their clothes, put their clothes down. Yeah. Hosanna. Hosanna. Hello. Oh, you are probably giving me fans. Give me fans. Hey. Look at me walking on clothes. Is it me? Is it me that I'm working on this? Nobody thought I, nothing ever good would come upon me. Now look. Wow. Somebody say, wow. I say, as you allow yourself to be used by God, the glory that is coming upon you will be greater than anything and it will wipe out all the previous hardship you've been through. Hallelujah. These killjoys. The killjoys will always be there. How many know those killjoys? The day you are getting married, here comes the bride, all dressed in white.
Look, look at the hair. The hair is not even nice. Who, who put this? Who put this hair on her head? It's not nice at all. The makeup is not nice at all. It is not. It's too. No, they have overdone her face. It, what kind of style is this? Why did she go for this? Why did she go for that? Nya, 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 the Pharisees will always try to kill your joy. Listen, don't allow them. Just as Jesus did not allow them, even if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Don't allow anybody to take your joy. See, as you are walking to the aisle, stop at those, the naysayers. show it to them. It will be nice to them. So, don't worry about even pleasing them. Don't worry about people who will not clap for you. Even if you dance backwards, they won't clap for you. You can, you can do all the whim and you can do all the... It will never please anybody. Hey, your pastor, he walks too much. Doesn't he, he should stand behind the... I won't stand behind the puppet. See, there are three doors here. One, two, three. Go. It's not very saintly at all. It's not very vicar-like. Vicar, you must stand. Say, Thou dear Lord. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Thou dear, I'm not the thou dear Lord type of person. Don't force me to become something. There's nothing wrong with that. That's where I come from. And I love it. But don't let their not clapping stop you from walking, donkey. I said, don't let their trying to quieten them stop you from walking, donkey. Keep walking and keep strutting your stuff. Just keep going. Because when you are being tight, they didn't come to talk for you. And now that you are loose and you are being honored, don't let them kill your joy. I say, don't let them kill your joy. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep smiling. Keep collecting the funds. The second mystery I will talk about today is the mystery of the difficulty in obeying. How many know that it's not easy to obey? It's not easy to obey. Last week, was it last week or the week before we saw that obedience is better than sacrifice. But it will cost you to obey God. 
It will cost you to be a Christian. It will cost you to live right. It will cost you to do right. There's always a price. On this road, we all have to pay the price of obedience. The road of Calvary is a road paved with difficulty in obeying. How many of there are some things that are easy to obey? You see, that man has a lot of money. He's a sharp guy. Somebody you have been praying and believing God for. And the man comes and says that. Honey. They kneel down on one knee and they say, would you be my, my bride? It's so easy. Let me go and stand behind the pulpit before I get into trouble. I don't know why they mentioned your name. Matthew 26, verse 42. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass, Unless I drink it. In fact, no, go, go back. Go back to 40. Then he came to the temple and found, no, 39. Let's start from 39. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass over me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but let your will be done. Then, he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then a second time he went away and prayed, oh my father. If this cup cannot pass, let your will be done. The cup that you have to drink is a bitter cup. Obedience is bitter. I say obedience is bitter. How many know that? Obedience is bitter. Last week we saw when God told Abraham, take your son, your only son, and sacrifice him on one of the mountains that I will show you. And he took his son. His wife saw him going with the servants, firewood. And the wife suggested that, why don't you take a few of the sheep in the, in the back so you can take them and go and sacrifice to the Lord. She says, no, 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 we don't need any sheep. We are going, the Lord will provide. His son asked the father, dad, we have, we have firewood, we have knife, we have fire. Where is the... You know, mommy was telling you, I heard when mommy was saying that we should bring uh, some of the uh, sheep and you said, oh, we'll get it. We are now at the mountain. There is no sheep anywhere. What's happening here? I'm only here with you. Listen, obedience is very, very painful. Because sometimes to obey means to 
cross some people. To offend some people that you really love. Listen, Abraham and his wife, their marriage was never the same after this incident. Read your Bible, you see. Their marriage finished that day. Oh, no, no, it's in the Bible. Their marriage finished that day. When Sarah died, Abraham was nowhere near her. Obedience will cost you. That's why Jesus said that until you get to a place where you hate your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, eh, yeah, even your very own self, you are not ready to walk on this road of Calvary. Because on this road, you have to obey. And to obey means you have to offend some people. The reason why it's very difficult for you to live a Christian life is because you cannot offend the people that are close to you. Hallelujah. And that is why you cannot walk on this road. When Jesus told his own disciples that I must go to the cross, Peter said, far from me, you, Lord, far be it that you go to the cross. If you go to the cross, what will happen to my, our livelihood? Remember, we left fishing to follow you. We left everything to follow you. We have invested all our lives on you. Now you say you are going. So what will become of us? You cannot die. You cannot die. If Jesus had looked at the investments of the disciples, investments of all the people who have followed him, he would not have gone to the cross. He would have felt so bad. But on this road, there's no room for feeling bad. There's no room for, you know, it's like, oh, I will obey, but I want to obey half. I will partially obey, but I won't obey the, to the end. I will be there, but allow me Sunday, I'll be in church. But then you see, Saturday, let me put my freak on. No, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. Hallelujah. You need to obey. And total obedience is very expensive. Jesus called it a bitter cup. Can you drink this bitter cup? He said, if it is possible, let this cup pass. Jesus said, no. God said, no, go through it. He went again. Oh, my father. You know I'll do anything and everything you say. But this one, I think, let's negotiate. God said, no, go through it. If God said that to his own son, do you think he will negotiate with you? No, you and I will have to walk on this road and pay the price to walk on this road. The price is still the same. The price has always been the same. And the price will always be the same. The price of obedience is expensive, but you and I have to pay it. How many are going to pay the price? He says that if it cannot pass from me, unless I drink it, let your will be done. Let your will be done. I am ready to pay the price. I'm ready to go to the cross. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. I said it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. Brother, sister, it's not going to be easy, but let's pay the price. Hallelujah. Because when he went onto the cross, he gave us life. 
more abundantly. And he wants you to also go to the cross so others will receive life. When you go to the cross by obeying his word, others also will become free to obey his word. Hallelujah. My prayer for you and for myself is that we'll obey till the end. Even if it costs us, we'll obey. Where he says we will go, what he says we will do. No, this is the time to play the church organ. You played it at the wrong time. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a story sheds on our way while we do his good will he abides with us still never fear who will trust and obey trust and obey for there's no uh, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. I want to end today by talking about the third mystery. The third mystery of this road of Calvary is the mystery of betrayal. The mystery of betrayal. Bible says, Satan entered Judas. Luke chapter number, I think it's 20, 22 or 23. How many have been blessed? Luke 22, 3. And Satan entered Judas, surname is Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priest and captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude. Go to verse 31. Then the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you are returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Amen. So, these close guys to Jesus had the opportunity to betray him. For one, it was dead easy. There was no discussion. He just entered him and used him. 
For another, he had to negotiate with Jesus himself. That I want to sift him as wheat. Your proclivity to betraying allows the enemy to enter you. The word proclivity means your tendency. Is it, the English is too big. I'll bring it down. If you lean towards being, you know, because all this time, this guy was calculating. Judas has always been a shady guy. He's always been calculating. This guy, you know, it's like, you see, because, you see, Judas was a guy, he came from the, the guys who wanted to have a, Jesus as a king of Israel. That's what he thought. When he said, I am the king of kings, he thought that the king would be to come and rule, take over the rulership from Rome, and become the king on earth. So this, all this uh, king, uh, my kingdom is not of this world, or now does Malachi, he was not interested in that. So when everything was going, we realized that, no, this guy, now as I, 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 I'm seeing the end of the road. If this is the end, then let me cut my losses. <laughs> let me betray him and cash out <laughs> and I can bagger off. <laughs> Before the value of <laughs> the shares fall down. <laughs> Before the share plummets, I'm gone. I've, I've, at least I cut my losses and I'm gone. There are some people that are close to us. The Bible says that a man will be betrayed by people from his own home. Yeah. In 1930-something, I think 36, there was a war somewhere, battle somewhere. And uh, was it 1930 or 1830s? I can't remember. And this... Uh, Commander was trying, I think it's the 1830, was trying to take over the city. And got to the place and he said, he asked the army general, I can see the walls are fortified. This place looks very secure. How are we going to penetrate to take over the city? And he said that I have another battalion. I have another column. They are not here. Another regiment, they are not with us. They are already inside the city. They would deliver the city to me. From within, they would deliver the city to me, who is outside. Sometimes the people around us are the ones the enemy is going to use to betray us. Don't be too surprised when you are betrayed on this road. Don't be too. See, Satan, God will use Satan to do his bidding. God will use the Bible says all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, that are called according to his purpose. Sometimes God will use these people. Your cousin, your brother, your sister. You, you are going to marry this nice man. You have been going out with this man. This man has been uh, uh, you have prepared for your marriage. Then your own sister. Goes to tell this man, 
I know my sister. You don't know it. Let me give you an African proverb. When the snake comes from under the river to tell you that the crocodile has got a hiccup. Believe him. Because I live under the water with him. And I see that lately he hasn't been feeling well. And today of all days, he's been having hiccups. News flash. I'm telling you. A word to the wise. It's enough. Me, I've said my own. And you see the person changing his mind. Now when you call, you have been blocked. <laughs> you have been ghosted, they say. <laughs> Me, I don't know them. Hey, you are depressed and you are going to cry. Who are you crying onto? You are crying to the same sister. The same sister. Oh, this uh, oh, this guy. I thought he was a nice guy. Why did he do that? Oh, oh, oh. Don't mind him. There are plenty of fishes in the sea. They start talking all these type of things to you. In this world, you'll be betrayed. As a pastor, I've seen it happen so many times. People who say they love you today, the next day, they will turn around and join the rest to go sit down. You remember the same people who said Hosanna on Sunday, where the same people who say crucify him on Friday, Sunday to Friday is only four days. Is it five days? Hosanna, Hosanna. They are throwing their clothes on the floor. Hosanna, you walk on, even if you walk on me, it's okay. The next five days, they say one Barnabas. Barnabas is a rapist. Give him. We like, we like the rapist. Give us a thief. Crucify this one. But you need a betrayer to betray so that you can fulfill God's purpose. I say you need a betrayer to betray so you can fulfill God's purpose. I have seen people that did some things wrong to me. They thought they had betrayed me. Not knowing they were setting me up on the road that God had purpose for me to walk on. I thought I was being betrayed. But God had a plan. Brothers and sisters, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan. Don't worry about the betrayer. Don't be too worried about it. Walk on the road. How many are going to walk on this road? Stand to your feet.